0: You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick up your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey guys, it's Jen here. Um, today's podcast is so um, moving. I I really felt moved after recording it and spending time with Kizma. I hope that you do too. Kizma is uh, a mindset and spiritual technologist. Uh, she helps women understand how to solve and resolve limiting beliefs around money and success. And she does that through energetic healing and coaching. And she's just an amazing soul. And I met her. Uh, last February, I believe it was, and I was immediately attracted to her energy. I hope you guys enjoy listening today as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Enjoy, you guys. Kisma, my friend Kisma, is on the show today, and I am. I say this every time I introduce someone. I'm so excited, but really, I am so excited because um, we met a few months back, and. Um, Kizma has the most amazing energy. I was drawn to her, and I hope it was likewise. <laughs> she was drawn to me, but we connected. Um, she did some energy work on me, and it definitely immediately changed a lot of things for me. So I welcome you to the show today, Kizma. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here as well. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Give us the jam. Yeah, the little the little jam. You know, it, that's
1: an interesting question. People ask me that, and even my clients go, I don't really know what you do, but you just make everything better. So, I, you know, some of my clients call me a spiritual compass, other ones call me an energetic technologist. Basically, in a nutshell, I'm a peak performance coach. I just happen to bring in a lot of the um, metaphysical to meet the physical so that people can really get into what I call their divine success track
0: okay, there's so many words there, big words you used. <laughs> and I'm following you. I'm following you. I hey, move stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. But well, yeah. let's break it down a little bit for, for those out there that maybe are not as connected in the spiritual realm or mm-hmm. the metaphysical realm. And they're probably thinking, okay, this is kind of bullshit. How on earth <laughs> could energy affect my business or affect my life? Let's uh, break so it true. down a little bit.
1: For sure. For sure. You know, and I do like, this is so cliche. Energy is everything. We hear that all the time and it's actually really, really true. The issue is that there's not a lot of people that understand how the energy works in their life. So is in a thought, is in a word, is in an action. And so what I do is help people kind of reverse engineer what isn't working to their control point because it's always going to come to us we have you know we're the architects of our lives we have this ability to solve and resolve so much that's going on even in our external world even in our relationships if we know how to do that
0: did you always believe
1: that you know as a it's really funny as a child i had some weird things i would do and things that I would hear and my mom was like, what's wrong with you? You've got OCD, you're going crazy, that I've always been kind of quote unquote tapped in. And then I entered the world of music. So I was a classical musician for, you know, since I was 12 or 13 years old, that's what I did as a career, the first part of my life. So this kind of spiritual, metaphysical, hearing people talk to me moved over as I went full blast in my career and I had a really fun and fantastic and successful career until the voice came back, (laughs) like in the middle of the Beethoven symphony. Yeah, it's time to stop. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And that just led me on a path of seeking and it took a little bit of time to open up, you know, what I call the intuition to clear it. We all have intuition. Um, And then once I just kept, you know, seeking and seeking and going deeper, then it started to be very profound.
0: I find it so interesting because I see, you know, I have kids and I see that when they're younger, oh, yeah. they're definitely tapped into some of these Absolutely. things. And Absolutely. And then it stops. How do, why does it stop? Why
1: It stops because of the world. The world shows and teaches children. This is one of my um, things that it's sort of a pet peeve. The world shows and teaches children that they have to be a certain way. And I end up working with parents of children who have, quote unquote, ADHD or autism or all those labels. And I don't want to diss the labels because I get we have to understand. We need some parameters. But these kids are showing up to on the planet to wake us up. They are coming here to wake us up because we have been ignorant of how we've been teaching our children. And I know that this is there's so many teachers that have the best of intention. They're amazing. But society as a whole is like right, wrong, good or bad. And that just doesn't work with children. They're like these beings. They're open. They they can see, they can hear, they can understand things until we start to lather on this conditioned personality.
0: So it sounds to me that in if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, that in there was a period of your life that you were you were able to and almost yeah. wanted to shut off the voices, mm-hmm. and then it came back. So I'm curious. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Because um, how does it come back if you're not open to it? Is it re- is it just that strong, or is it were you in a place where maybe kind of open? It's such a great question. You
1: know sometimes we're we're put on the planet to do certain things and um we'll get we'll have a chance to kind of go in a different direction for a while and have fun and create something that's really amazing yet if there's a purpose that we're to be doing our guides are going to just keep hitting us upside the head until we get back <laughs> into that and i kind of see that's what happened to me and it really started you know i lived in hong kong for 9 years and i was pretty much just right in the music scene um wasn't studying anything spiritual. I was just absorbed in my career. And I had a really good friend who said, Hey, there's a new yoga studio that opened in Long Khoi Let's go. And the only yoga I did was like with Rodney Yee on tapes, you know, like back in the day. And I was a runner, I was a swimmer, but yoga. And I went and it was so painful for my body. And I was with all these really beautiful, flexible Asian girls. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, But something clicked. I like found this centered way of being that I took on stage with me. And people started to notice the difference. I didn't have nerves because I'd been playing for so long. But when you're playing for a long time and when life and you have a daughter and a single parent, one can get unfocused. And all of a sudden, I was like extremely focused, really calm. And I kept going to yoga. And then I started to look into the deeper aspects like the physical practice was great but I knew there was more so I started studying the philosophy and then when I left Hong Kong I moved back to the states and opened a yoga studio and that really began my travels to India and working with a certain teacher over there uh, that opened up so much more for me so yeah if it's supposed to happen we will hear it
0: I love and it. if we ignore
1: it, it gets very painful.
0: Yeah, I, I, the first <laughs> thing I want to say is I love that you opened a yoga studio because like I, I always say I can't have a hobby because I, nothing I, I can't just have a hobby and enjoy right. it. it has to, some, I'm, I'm standing on the <laughs> back going, "How can I make this a business?"
1: <laughs> you know, like, it's so true. And my musician friends were—I'll never forget—they're like, "What you're leaving?" And they're like, "What you're opening a business?" They're like, "You don't know anything about business." Yeah. The thing in the classical music world, it's such hard work and so competitive. I was like, if I can get a job in an orchestra, I can run a business. And my dad was alive then. He was like my mentor. And it it was great. It was really, really fun. And I love the community there. We had it for five or six years and it was a beautiful experience.
0: There's so many things that are coming up for me. I hope I remember to say all of them. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things that really is coming up for me is that I love that you just keep making these career jumps... I know. Almost seriously so is that? No, it's not weird. I think it's amazing. You know, like why should we have just one career our whole lives? I, exactly. I don't, I don't up that role. Yeah, I get it. I
1: get it. Those days are over. I really do think for most people, especially entrepreneurs, and so for you know your entrepreneur listeners, be willing to pivot. You know, especially like my yoga studio was incredibly successful, yet yeah, I could only do so much. And I was not going to spend the rest of my life teaching people to lift their right leg up and step it forward. Like my brain was screaming, there's more. And so that's how we segued. And when I say we, I talk about my partner, Nick and I, we segued into really the coaching space and that, you know, the coaching bringing in energy spirituality to me was such a complete transformation and really fed my intellectual center.
0: Yeah, it's so, so be
1: open. And my daughter says that too. She's like, "Mom, every seven or eight years, you just kind of change, and you're like a gypsy, and you just have to do it." And it's really sweet that she tolerates me.
0: <laughs> do you? What's her? What's the other choice there? I know, saying. right? <laughs> so, what um, when you make these shifts and, and you feel them coming, and you make these changes, is there fear in that for you? I would
1: say there can be like, oh shit, here we go again, kind of (laughs) feeling. Fear is just going into the non-existent future. It's not real. I mean, it's real when we're faced with a bear in the woods. It's real when there's an event before us that really demands our attention. In business, it's going into the non-existent future. So I really refuse to be in fear.
0: Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. I want to go back again. You said that you just kept hearing the voices in the middle of Beethoven. And that's so weird. <laughs> well, no, no. See, when you say it's weird, it's like you're just counting. I think it's all, I'm like, tell me how to do that. But you know, know. It's, it's amazing. Um, I want to know, and this, and if it's too personal, you can tell me, but I want to know how do those voices show up for you? It's a great question because we're
1: looking at the different ways that are, whether it's our higher self, our guides, or intuition speak to us. Some people will be able to see. Some people will actually hear their clear audience. What I get is what we call direct knowing. It's just like someone inserts these words into my head. Sometimes they come with a voice, sometimes not. It's just like, do this. And it's so present that I can't deny it. That's Right. And so the thing is, this is why I'm always like, we've got to be clear because everyone has intuition. The question is, are we intuiting intelligence or are we intuiting ignorance? And that's the thing. It's like when we're bringing in something that isn't in alignment and our minds getting in the way, things kind of break.
0: What happens in your experience when people are not in alignment with the voices? They they shut them down or they're just mm-hmm. not, lit or they're not open to it. What starts happening to people? What You know, is, is there physical reactions? Is it? It depends on the human. It depends
1: on what they're being guided to do. Very often when I tell my students is the voices get softer. It's kind of like you have this, your higher self, which is just you at a higher dimension. You have guides, you have your, I call it, you know, like my little team, And they're sort of like palm to forehead. Are you really not going to listen again? And they're going to get bored and they're just going to go and maybe help someone else or whatever, go to another realm, (laughs) you know, but it will get softer. Now, the opposite is true and exciting. When you listen and when you take action, that's when everything really starts to shift. You know, I've been told things that, uh, a funny story, I was in. Las Vegas for like a mastermind that I was in. And I heard this voice. It's like, go shopping and buy a new wallet. I'm like, dude. Like, sometimes I'll even say, really? Uh, I don't, I get that voice. (laughs) I I I voice. (laughs) I know, right? The shopping. And my friends are like, what's happening? I was like, I'm supposed to go buy a really nice wallet, not just a wallet, like a really nice wallet. So I have my little shopping strategy, which is if I walk into a high end store and someone asks me more than three times, If they can help me and they follow me around, like I'm going to shoplift, I'm out. And so that happened like at Gucci and Louis Vuitton. I was like, all right, I'm out. And then I walked into, um, I think it's Bottega, Valencia. And they were so nice. Mm. And she goes, what are you looking for? I'm like, a wallet. And she's like, here they are. And she brought me water. And this one wallet was like, buy me. I was like, okay, most expensive wallet I ever bought. And later that day, I made a three thousand dollars sale. Oh. Go figure! But it's all about again treating your money
0: mm-hmm.
1: with care, respecting your money, having a house for your money. Because I teach that so much, it's imperative that I actually do that as well. That's,
0: that's so good. <laughs> you're like speaking my language right now. Really, <laughs> it's you know. And as you're sitting here, it's so. As we're sitting here, I'm thinking. You know, I switched to this really small wallet recently. <laughs> I think I need a bigger wallet.
1: (laughs) I think you need a wallet that's really beautiful, that you actually talk, you know, bless your money. I mean, this is where we get into the, you know, your language, the word is your wand for everyone listening. If we have money and we're like, it's not enough, it will continue to not be enough. Mm. But if we have money and if there's a bit of a struggle financially, and you really take time to thank the money you have, that's called the law of increase. It will grow. It it will grow. But the law of increase works the other way. If you're talking to your money, you're not enough. How come my bank account's so low? That will increase as well. So powerful. Mm -hmm. And so easy to do. It's so easy to do. The thing is, people just won't believe it. It's hard easy. It's hard easy. They won't believe. How can that be true? Just try it. I guarantee for a month, bless your money, thank your money, wow, there's so much money in my wallet, and carry cash. This is the other thing people don't do. Carry a 50 or carry a $100 bill all the time and be very thankful for that because that increases. Cash is really king, and we're in a world of credit, which is important. I have a whole other attitude about credit and debt and all that, but cash is king.
0: Mm, so true. So powerful and such a small little like yeah. three second change in your day. Exactly. Exactly. You said a word before that I want to um, talk about because it's something that comes up again and again in these podcasts, action. Mm-hmm. I think so many people think, oh, well, I'm just going to think that money is going to show up and it'll show up. Or I'm just going to think that I'm going to get a raise or I think I'm going to start a business. <laughs> and, and the thinking is powerful because it makes you mm-hmm. believe, mm-hmm. But, it, but the action is where people forget mm-hmm. to move. This is, I, I'm sort of on, yeah,
1: <laughs> you're, you're so correct. And I have, um, I have a lot of issue with, with certainty, te- not even knowing names, but how the law of attraction is taught, how prosperity is taught. Here's the truth. In certain times, ancient times, people would be able to think and manifest instantly. Those were very, very, very clear and aligned people. There are Few people on the planet that can do that now. And so I really um, take issue with teachers who say, just sit around and visualize and think and you're going to have it. No, no, no. Action is the insignia of life. And I know one enlightened being on the planet, one true self realized soul, my teacher in India, and he is 90 years old and he is always in action. So when I thread it back from the highest spiritual teachings, when someone's spiritual, they're not meditating for three hours on the beach. We can all do that and feel great. The purpose of spirituality is to be in the world and calm. And when you're in that action, when you know what your ideal is, and yes, think it, yes, see it, yes, mentally fully accept it, and yes, be in action, that's when the magic happens. You know, and the the thought, it does change us just as when we're thinking something negative, it takes up space in our mind. So there's less room for gratitude. There's less room for understanding higher spiritual teachings. So it's imperative, absolutely imperative to change the thought process, yet marry that with
0: being in action. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, and your words are beautiful. You know, thank you. It's just, um, if anybody doesn't feel inspired by your message, (laughs) I mean, maybe they need to listen to their voices more, but you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's really inspiring. Um, I was just thinking of a question that I lost. Hang on one second. talk to me a little bit about spirituality and you, you tapped on it a little bit where you said being spiritual is really about, you know, being in touch with it is about being calm Mm -hmm. and really listening and moving, Mm -hmm. but there's so much noise. Uh, There's so much noise. How how do you get through the noise? uh, Honestly,
1: Jen, it's, I, I spend a great deal of time just, you know, when I'm on Facebook, just being like, okay, it's not that. Um, I am starting to hold certain teachers to a higher level who say they're spiritual teachers, who say they're gurus, and if they're not, they're out of my field. It's just as simple as that. There is We are in the information age, and so there is so much noise coming to people, and most of it is of a low frequency. Mm-hmm. So what we can look at at, the very simplest way, For me, spirituality isn't a particular religion. It's not even if a person practices a religion. They can, and they can be spiritual. People can practice religion and not be spiritual. Spirituality to me is being on a path of your highest and best, like being the best version of a human that one can be. And when someone takes that to heart, there's so many amazing miracles that show
0: up. And that doesn't always, you know, some people I think think that spirituality just looks like meditation or it looks like, you know, yeah. everybody. it's a little bit different. No, it could
1: be tapping your heart and wishing someone a good day and honestly wishing them a good day. That's a spiritual act. You know, the meditations, the mala beads, incense, all of those things are rituals and they are important for certain people. It's like there's a phrase that until one can worship the formless, they need the form, they need the reminder, they need the check-in. Yet when we're attached to meditation, when we're attached to mala beads, when we're attached to yoga, that can be one of the most devastating attachments. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen it, you know, I've seen people tip just recently, I can't mention any names because there's actually some legal things going on, but a really dear mentor of mine just went upside down
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: he entered delusion he entered the God complex, and that is the most devastating. And so we have to have great care and humility and understanding that there is this unseen substance, whether it's God, universe, Atman, Brahman, spirit, whatever our word, it's there. And as we face forward to that, and as we seek to be closer to that, that's when we're spiritual. Mm. And we will organically be kinder, not just other people, but to ourselves. We'll respect other humans. We'll respect the planet. We'll respect animals, right? So oftentimes, respect is not used. And um, I think, too, in the world of entrepreneurship, what we need to be careful of, there's so many people using spirituality as a way to build businesses, as a way to do this, and there's manipulation.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what happens if somebody says, Kismet, listen, you are spiritual and I respect you and (laughs) you seem to have your shit together and, you know, I, I want more of that in my life. How do I become more spiritual? Oh, you know, inquire. So here's one of the
1: most difficult questions to ask, yet one of the most revealing. What did I do to create this? So if there's drama in your life, in someone's life... Certainly, this is what I do. What did I do to create that? Not to judge, not to feel guilty, but like, wow. And to take responsibility. To take responsibility, to have accountability in a way that is actually exciting because then we can pivot it, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So asking that question, like, well, what did I do to get to where I am now? Again, not to feel bad. It's not, it's done. And then deciding what is it that we want to create moving forward and what would need to happen to
0: get there. Mm, that's amazing. Um, along your path, have you done things? Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs use like vision boards and I know you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about like not being attached to the physical, but is there yeah. anything that you recommend that's like a good starting, you know, for mm-hmm. somebody that right now today wants to take action? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Vision boards are cute. Um, affirmations are cute. There's a reason <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a reason though that people use like a hundred post-it notes for affirmations. They confuse the brain. They, they really, because look at it this way. If someone says money flows easily and effortlessly to me, that's one of the great ones, like I think from The Secret or something. Mm-hmm. You can say that a hundred times, yet if you're in a position where you might be actually in a struggle and money doesn't seem to be flowing, you there's a confusion internally for that person.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then there's congestion energetically. And so that affirmation becomes a lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the human begins to experience doubt, which doubt will then lower the prosperity. And this is what a lot of people don't teach because it's easier to teach the affirmations. So here's a tip for people. There is a great, um, one of my mentors, an amazing author, Catherine Ponder. Mm -hmm. There's a book called The Divine Laws of Prosperity. Get it? It's amazing. She teaches prosperity commands. And it is based from the Christian perspective, but I have so many clients that are Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, Christian, they take that piece out of it and just go for the teachings. Mm. A prosperity command is truth in the divinity. You know, you, you can expect lavish abundance today. Expect it. You know, that's a different energy than money's flowing to me. It's like, wait a minute, I'm going to expect it and I'm going to give thanks for it.
0: Well, I was just going to say, it sounds like the really key, because I, I have believed in certain affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe now I'm starting to think, well, maybe they just weren't affirmations. Maybe they were really um, convincing myself of, you know, versus, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just putting it out in the universe. It's more of yeah. like convincing myself. But, but the, the, what I was going to say was that the key that it keeps coming back to is the gratitude. And I think Absolutely. maybe that's like the missing piece that a lot of people give affirmations, but they don't give gratitude. Or yeah,
1: they- yeah. And Jen, what you're describing very likely is an affirmation that was true for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, an
1: affirmation when I get out of bed is today's going to be a great day. Right. Like I'm making a choice, right? So yeah. that affirmation becomes a choice. Today's going to be a great day. And it already is because I took a breath. I'm
0: alive. Yes. That's perspective. And that's so, also, I, I see that there, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. God. I don't want to lose my thought. I see that um, sometimes people think that spirituality is a loss of control of, of their life. And it's actually quite the opposite. It's the
1: opposite. You are the architect of your life. You are the creator. This is where karma comes into play and destiny. We're, we're sort of, karma is everything that has happened up until now. And there's a bit of like resultant karma, like sort of when you go down a hill and you take your foot off the gas, your car keeps going, there's going to be some stuff that creeps in. But destiny is this point forward. Mm -hmm. And this, I remember when I first heard this teaching in India, I was like, wait, what? I'm so screwed. I like, (laughs) because the teacher was like, yep, everything you've done up until now you are a victim of. And I was like, oh, he's like, but, and he's like, here's the, here's the thing you get to create this point forward. And he talked about the karmic bank balance. The like You use the word gratitude, gratitude, forgiveness. It's like it raises your bank balance. So when you have those slips, when the ego comes into the way, you have a little bit more leeway. Mm. And that's why gratitude... Gratitude takes over the human, the field, the brain. When you say thank you instead of why me, your, your entire field shifts. And there is more room for that prosperous thinking.
0: I, I personally use that quite a bit when I was diagnosed with cancer. I, I, I never said why me. I always said okay. And that's why you've had such an amazing
1: recovery and healing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's a work in progress. You know, Mm -hmm. it always is. But I, uh, that was the one thing I think people didn't understand. Like they would say to me, well, I would be curled up in a ball in my couch. I'm like, no, you probably wouldn't, you know, or maybe you would. And and the thing is, you don't know how you're going to react to things. Right, Right. I kept saying, if I don't find purpose in this, then it's just disease. If I don't find gratitude in it, then it's just disease. And nobody wants disease. We want purpose. You know, we We want purpose. Yeah. I mean, it's the gratitude of the dark because in the dark, when there's
1: a crack, we see the light and the universe is duality we can't have light without the dark mm-hmm. it's our perception it's the way we navigate it like you have so beautifully um another book by katherine ponder i think it's called the divine laws of healing
0: mm-hmm.
1: amazing just about how our body our soul wants to heal mm-hmm. and the more that we allow that whatever that path is their mm-hmm. struggles are there for sure it Life is a roller coaster and some of the drops are precarious. It's our ability to navigate it and be as objective as possible that creates resiliency in
0: our field yeah I think that that's so important, too, because so many people think that spiritual people just walk around, you know, eating vegan food and loving animals. <laughs> and you know life is great all the time, and yeah. I never get mad and I don't have fights with people, and that's just not the way it is. Well, I you know, I have known many vegan people who have hated on people who ate meat,
1: and I was like, dude, right? You don't know <laughs> you're what you're doing <laughs> yeah, you totally And, and nothing and, against vegans, by the way, I used to be. No, one. I <laughs> I honestly, and. I, you know, I am a vegetarian, I'm not vegan, I'm a vegetarian. And I'm also very clear people are going to choose their path and that's their path. It is really, unless they ask me, it's not up to me to say or to guide. Um, However, it's like whatever path we're on to understand that when we criticize others or when we're so checked out that all we do is happy, happy, that's not spiritual. Right. Right spirituality is not the happy, happy. I'm just going to sit around and do whatever I want. And it's not, you've got to be in action. We have a vehicle, a body, we've got a planet that wants us to be in action. So we've got to do that.
0: I love it. I love everything that you have to say. I I stay on this call for another four hours. I know. <laughs> I needed a dose of this today. Like, you do not believe. Um, and I think everybody out there listening will probably feel the same because you are a very special person. And oh, thanks, Jen. Uh, I'm really glad that we've connected. And um, tell me a little bit, Kism, about where people can find you. I know you had mentioned your um, Ultimate Life Tool assessment to me. I want to hear about that. So, where can we find you? Yeah, yeah.
1: Peek- There's a couple things. I mean, you know. We have, my partner Nick and I have a podcast, Illumination Podcast, with Nick and Kisman. That's on iTunes, all the places. And hopefully, we'll be able to have you on as a guest in the future, which would be so fun. Um, The other thing is, I do use in my practice, I always say, I come to it from the law of the physical and the law of the metaphysical. And there's something called the ultimate life tool, which is, yes, an assessment, unlike anything else. You know, I've done all the personality tests, and I've just gone, yeah, not me, like, never made sense. And then I took this assessment about a year ago. I was like, what? How did you know that? And it really, it was created by Dr. Zanna Hackett, who was very big in the metaphysical world. And she realized people were not communicating because they didn't hear each other. So this assessment is not um, subjective It's based very much on the physical, which is interesting. And one can go through the process, the assessment is 15 minutes, and then they get like an entire hour breakthrough session with me, a grid analysis, determining where the blockages are that they could actually work on to clear. And I think that's a great start for people.
0: Amazing. Well, we'll post uh, links and everything in the show notes so they can That's find great. you. And I love that you call your podcast the Illumination Podcast. <laughs> I feel illuminated. Uh, Even yes, when I met awesome. you, and now I definitely feel illuminated. So, Thanks, guys, she's she's out. She's amazing. Love to you, Kizma. Thank you for joining me today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so
1: that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to
0: shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.